When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This week on Up to 90, we talk... Michael Barrymore. Michael Barrymore. Uh, how are you, Emma Pear? I'm good. Um, uh, oh no, yeah, I'm grand, I'm grand. It's more Thought you were going to give me a real answer there. I was I like, know. keep it light, keep no, it no, light, no. keep it I'm light. I'm great, I'm fantastic. It's Monday. Let's not have this tonight. become like one of Judy's Instagram stories where I put up like something really dark and then just put my phone on airplane mode I've for tri- three days. I've tried to share online before, like actually like proper from the heart and it's just like it's like fucking take me out while the red lights go people just like fucking unfollow they just want you to do one thing yeah no they definitely don't want two dimensional to, Emma, yeah, that's what you want they don't want multifaceted so. they want they do just want one thing they want the sad it's clown it's like give me what so I want this is why you're getting you're getting the sad clown the <laughs> sad clown up to 90 up to 90 up to I'm actually grand, in fairness. At that now, <laughs> before we start yes. uh, looking at 90s scandal, uh, big shout out to Copperberg. Now, Copperberg have sorted us with a really deadly little hamper for a live event, which is happening. September the 11th at which 8 o'clock tomorrow. in Wheelands. Which is tomorrow. So it's happening tomorrow. Um, You're having a laugh, aren't you? Those WhatsApp audios are really paying off. I'm the ones I sent you late into the night. <laughs> September 11th. I know, I've got it. September 11th. I've got it down. Wheelands. Um, so, yeah, the tickets... Is it starting at 8? Well, we'll aim to start at 8. Okay, yeah, but yeah. sure, we all know now we're on, we're on Julie time, so okay, who knows. Good. But look, we'll all make the last bus home. That's the main thing. Grand. So we've got Jim Elliott and we have... Danny Ryan. And we have Fred Cook on support. Uh, musical support so it's going to be a lot of shits and giggles a lot of fun and because we've now moved to the big room in Whelan's there are a few extra <laughs> tickets which are on our Eventbrite link and I think that link is in like all our bios isn't it? Yeah even if you google it even if yes. you're just like might be quicker to just google it yeah Eventbrite, Eventbrite up to 90 yeah, yeah get it. up to 90 you'll get it and yeah so please do come along and, and if thank you, you get so it after that you're probably not going to make it out I mean Thursday anyway, so. I'm going to be honest you guys even by my my um, standards Thursday might be a bit too late to go looking for tickets. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it would be akin to looking for a Lizzo ticket at 10 a.m. Like it's just not going to happen. No. You need to be up, up at dawn. Um, I know. I don't think it's and then the couple of people that I do know that take a Lizzo ticket. I don't want to say, but I will. They just don't deserve the Lizzo tickets. Well, a girl that I know. Do who was talking to me on Instagram she was like I might be working at it I will let you know and I actually bumped into her at all together now and she said yeah it looks like I could be working at it so I'll keep you posted so this is your new best friend is what you're saying what am I bringing to the table (laughs) what am I bringing to the table next week are you doing a podcast about the naughties is that what's going to happen yeah I think that's just more the appetite out there at the moment Um, yeah so well look we're going to stick with (laughs) it now Ems Um, and yeah thank you so much Copperberg we also might have some discounted beverages on the evening courtesy of the wonderful Copperberg try the raspberry 
over oh, the yeah. weekend. Nice, yeah. Just tart enough. Oh yeah. Well, the pear is Just like tart the enough. Bite. And then I know what you mean. It's not like too fruity, fruity. It's still we got the bite. We talked about this. It's not a sickly sweet cider. It's very drinkable. And For that's what we sake, like about Copperberg. Why Copperberg. don't they get us on to like weekend AM? Oh, look, they're on to you. To it's the social. Oh, the police. Nino, Nino. Um, why don't they get us on weekend AM and we can do a segment on fucking Copperberg? I'm just going to actually, I'm just going to put my fist through the windscreen. That's such a good idea. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, just seeing the police pass there, you know what I was thinking over the weekend? What would be so degrading? Mm. Imagine being arrested by a guard, a policeman for an international listener mm. on a horse. You know the way they're going around now on the horses? They're always pissing. I thought they did that like at St. Patrick's Day and festivals and stuff like that. I saw one over the weekend though. Really? Yeah, on a horse. And the person was actually leaning down. The guard in question. High vis and trim. This definitely happened. Happened. I didn't dream it. And he was leaning down, giving directions or doing something. It was in Sligo actually. And they were doing something through the car window. So he was like leaning down. Didn't get off his horse. Nah. Just was leaning down from the horse, giving a bit of info. And I just thought to myself, I know the whole idea is that they've got a better vantage point. They yeah. have a better view. Yeah. But imagine being arrested by a man on a horse. I know, but I actually stopped listening to you about 10 seconds ago because all I could ma- imagine was you on a horse. I'd say oh. you'd be fucking gas you know on a what? horse. I did try I'd horse love riding to see for that. a brief period. Did you? When you were a kid. And I ended up under the horse. <laughs> And that's not even a, like I ended up under the. Well, that happened to me before, but they hadn't put the, like this is obviously years ago. But they hadn't put the saddle. It on was properly, the nineties. So they the never put the saddle on. Pa- the saddle went, <laughs> and the person had told me, "Whatever you do, just hang on." So I hung on. So the saddle had gone, and the scariest thing was, I'd say we had done a good lap before they even oh, caught that I was like actually trekking. under the horse. <laughs> so my my head was just like I was just kind of bouncing along. Yeah, that's what I'd love to see your head bobbing with the uh, helmet on. Sure, look. I mean, they'd be so cute. I mean, absolutely <laughs> you adorable. Fred on horses. You've seen the pig. Artie, get on board. Like Fred Tommy and, and Molly. Oh, we need to talk about it. Greg and Amber. Oh, what are we thinking? I mean, I saw a lot of people getting irate about it. I was kind of a bit bored. Like, actually, do you know who it was? You know our mate, Suzanne Kane, who has Dublin Podcast. Yes. And she's Suzanne.fm, I think, on Instagram. I'm not sure. You'll find her. Um, She's actually on Weekend AM and she hasn't fucking sorted it out. So actually, fuck off, Suzanne. But I'll give her the credit for this. She said watching the people from Love Island is kind of like people that you went on holidays with and then meeting up with them in the light of day. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, God, what were we thinking? We were yeah. so hammered for it's the whole done. holiday. Ho- We've talked about this. Holiday yeah. friends. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't really care that much. But I think what it is, it's Brexit. I think Boris Page Greg... A substantial fee, like a kind of fee that we could all turn our heads at. And he gave him the money and he said, look, will you just break up with Amber just to take the heat off me? I mean, it's the only logical conclusion, isn't it, really? Yes, the only thing I can think of. I was surprised. I'm not going to lie. I well, was I surprised. thought. And then Fanula of I'm Bandwagon. I'm staring into the distance here. I really was shocked. Shocked. Fanula on bandwagons, she said that five weeks is when their contract is up after the end. Yes, and it's literally like I had heard that. He was literally just watching. That's what I don't like. Go. I just think it's a bit too handy. Give it like three weeks. Exactly five weeks, and Mm. oh by the way, I live in a different country. It's like Greg, you did know that before you went into Love Island. I don't want to put it all on Greg because I don't think that's fair. But I just think. It was. I mean, going on the late, late then. The spiel oh, yeah. ready to go. I didn't I didn't see that. Did you watch it? You could see his eyes just starting as he read the auto cue. Amber is God. queen of Love Island for a reason. No, but again, you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna make assumptions, but I just think the timing Insert smile. <laughs> was so convenient. Yeah, yeah. 
must have been love, but it's over now. What about, speaking which, what about Franker, um, the Irish Prime Minister for an international listener? T-shock. Um, saying to Boris today, um, he said, look, I will be your Athena. And Boris's eyes just glazing over. Christ. He's obviously not an Ariana Grande fan. <laughs> I'll be your Athena. Thank eh, you. Eh, Thank eh, eh. Uh, good old, good old Ariana Grande. What's she up to these days? Don't know. How old is Ariana Grande? Is she uh, as young as I think she is? E- ooh, or is she one know. of these? I actually listened back to one of our well, previous episodes because we love nothing more yeah, than listening yeah. back to our podcast. I but to I actually finally listened back to the podcast with the episode with Des. Oh yeah, where we were talking about Casey Boyle, and once again. I could not. I refuse. I refuse to accept that Katie Boyle is 28. Who's Katie Boyle? <laughs> she does the podcast with Des, The oh, Shift. Yeah. And she Katie. looks embryonic. Oh, yeah. I know she what looks, you mean. She's literally Sorry. covered in embryonic fluid. Uh, Ariana Grande. Give, you, you take a guess and I'll check my encyclopedia. I'm, I am going to tell you that she is 25. 25, good guess. I'm going to say... She's around uh, like I'm gonna Britney Spears' sister's age. Okay, I'm going to say obviously 26. they were in um, whatever that Disney oh, thing Oh, Jamie was. Lynn. Yeah, yeah, How's yeah. Jamie Lynn getting on? I think she's the two kids Okay, now. sorry. I'm actually just going to have to flick my own bean here. 26. She is 26. Oh, fair play. What month is her birthday? Uh, June. She's a June baby. Oh, June 26. Myself. We're... Very close. Then. Not too far off. So um, I didn't sisters. know she was mates with Jamie Lynn. I always kind of felt like Jamie Lynn was like that sister in my so-called life. That you know, I was saying that dresses oh, up yeah. like the big sister for Halloween. Well, yeah, just much. to get a bit of attention. Come here. I have a, a '90s song for you. I wonder will you remember? I'm sure you wouldn't remember it. Oh shit, Emma. What? What's wrong? Oh, we are recording. Now we're good. <gasps> are we recording? Are we? Yeah, we are. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, I was like, well. Just having a laugh. I was like, well, we can Do record an episode 10 minutes because I'm just going to that gig. Having a laugh. Hashtag uh, cherry comedy at Whelan's. I'll be there in a few minutes. Hashtag crunch comedy. Um, Stag said, I'll be there later on. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, you will know this song. I was listening to it the other day. Did you expect me to get angry there? No, I know what you, you well enough. Because what you do is you just internalise it. <laughs> Yeah. So you're not going to get out. Shout out to shout out to Simon. Does that sound familiar? I'm Our just, family yeah. internalize. I mean, <laughs> uh, I will say, yeah, you wouldn't get outwardly angry, but I know you're going home and bitching about it to Shane. Yeah, Let's yeah, just put it that yeah. way. Hiya, Shane. Although I, I mean, I do freak out at people. You just never know when it's going to happen. Um, listening to mostly in super values, judging <laughs> by recent episodes. <laughs> mostly with strangers. That if if a stranger gives out to me, they are fucked because they're gonna get it. Yeah, they are gonna get it. Yeah. Oh, it's one of my favorite things. And that defense has held up so far, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, it's like that joke you used to tell about. I won't go into the joke, but we used to have this bit about. Uh, you know the way if you're looking at something at the counter and somebody says to you, "Sorry, there's actually a queue here," and you're not skipping, you're just looking at something. That's the person I love to go off on one at. Yes. When I well, I'm completely in the right. Oh, I'd love a good fight. Oh now. God, it's Sorry. orgasmic, isn't it? When you're totally in the right. <laughs> right, and it doesn't happen very often because Shane like, is very careful with his words, and it really fucking pisses I me off. I like letting people dig their own grave Ooh. and then coming in with the information. That's what I really love. That's nice. I like to enjoy it. I like to just listen to them go on and on and on, mm. and then come in with the knowledge. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can see you. Well, I thought. Okay. Well. Tell me. The song. You ready? Go. Blow my whistle, baby. Is that right, well, what you call loud? Okay. I looked into the lyrics of this song because I've been listening to it recently. The original lyrics are actually, blow my whistle, bitch. Yes. I was going to say, blow my whistle, bitch is what I would have yeah, so remembered. I, this is what I heard was blow the radio. Blow my whistle, bitch. It's so like overly aggressively sexual. It's actually when you if you listen to the whole song, 
It's horrific. But you remember? Is that what you call out? I said yeah. blow. But yeah, do you remember? We'd be Why going around with the whistles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this was a Now you're doing it like you're supposed to. I mean, he's clearly talking about a blowjob. I mean, no, I get it, Emma. Yeah, <laughs> too. Yeah, no, I get it. I see her screaming in my face, blow. Where's the guard on a horse when you need one? Check the lyrics here. I swear to God. Um, it's like, it's. It's What's your hashtag trigger warning. Right? Blow my whistle, bitch. I'm just going to put it on Lyrics. now. I think they've... Ch- yeah, did, if Flo Rida, of course, sure, who else? No, it was back in the day. Was that Flo No, Flo Rida was a nice, gentle blow yeah, my whistle. Yeah. Actually, I did really like that song, though. This is just a nice, non-aggressive yeah, blow my Flo whistle. Yeah, Flo Rida's was more like, if, if you don't mind... Oh, jeez, I thought that was the ad. No, yeah. that's This is not the vibe. To write the lyrics up onto these I lyrics don't know. Videos. I love that song. Uh, well, the 90s version is not like that again at all. Baby, baby. Here we go. Well, you have to, you have to check no, out the I'm going to be version. honest. That's a nice, gentle request yeah, for a bit yeah. of whistleblowing. I mean, like, you c- <laughs> I do it. You could definitely get away with that in Tesco. And it's watch kind of a step by Saturday. step. Put your lips together. Blow Come real whistle, close. Baby. <laughs> okay, are you looking up blow my whistle, bitch? bitch yeah. yeah. I'm going to read. Blow I wanna my re- whistle, bitch. I tell you what now. <laughs> if anyone saw my Google search history today. Oh, yeah, this fella. Is this it? DJ Alligator. Yeah, yeah. Even Doesn't the name. too friendly. No. It's horrific. Are you ready? This is like the anthem to toxic masculinity. <laughs> Even the whistles too. You see, yeah, that's yeah. not a nice, friendly whistle now, like you the want, other whistle. Do you want me to read the lyrics to you? Why don't you read them over the music? Okay. So, baby. Oh, it, it takes too long to get started. He says, can you blow my whistle, baby? Whistle, baby. Let me know. Girl, I'm going to show you how to do it. And we can start real slow. Just put your lips together and come real close. Blow. Then he goes on to say, I'm betting you like people. I'm betting you like creep mode. I'm betting you like girls that give love to girls and stroke your little ego. I bet I'm guilty, your honor. But that's how we live in my genre. What? I bet I'm guilty, Your Honor, but that's how we live in my genre. What? I mean, when was this song out? Bet your lips spin back around corner. Slow it down, baby. Take a little longer. Girls who love girls just reminds me of this. Do you remember these girls? All I have to say, 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 this is not enough. Those girls. And you know they didn't actually love girls. That's the saddest thing. They just had to play that role. Well, that's the problem with these kind of things, isn't it? I cannot believe all the things he said. All the things he said. If you watch that video, I cannot believe that was as controversial as it was. We kind of touched upon this in our Buffy episode with the wonderful Martha. Do check her hey, out. Hey, Martha Galini. Um, but, uh, like, the whole thing, like, even that having, like, a central character who was lesbian was, like, huge at the time. I don't know. I know. You look was, at the video now and it yeah, was so tame. Everyone was very excitable. But then people didn't have the internet on their phones, so... This is true. Yeah, it was a dial-up generation. It was a different time. Okay, Michael Barrymore, tell me everything. Michael Barrymore. So I'm doing by Michael Barrymore because people got in touch and they said they wanted Michael Barrymore. So he was born in May 1952. Michael Kieran Parker. His mom was Irish, so they were all raised as Irish Catholics. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of English entertainers, might I add. So at his peak, he was voted UK's favourite television star like several times and he became one of the highest paid TV stars, he presented Strike at Lucky, as well as his own variety show, but Barrymore, he had a, ca- do you know his catchphrase? Hit me. What? 
Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It's more that actually. It's more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was a big fan of Michael Barrymore when I was a kid because I just thought he was absolutely hilarious. Mm, he I was mean, very funny. I just thought he was so funny. And all the stuff he was doing was family entertainment uh, shows. You know, like kids say the funniest things and that the American guy does now. But he just seemed to be like natural born entertainer. Um, he grew up, in, you know, I'd say like a lot of people at that time would like grew up in a council stay quite poor. Um and he like he wouldn't it would have been on his radar to have a career in like showbiz or whatever. But as soon as he kind of started earning money from it, he was like, Well, this could be all right. So he started out as a red coat in Butlins. And then he uh was in the West End. He would have been great in a Butlins. Well, yeah, I assume he was. Mm-hmm. But then he was he was doing a bit of stand up and he got he was working in theatres and stuff and he met Dancer and lifelong uh, friend Cheryl St. Clair, and they actually married in the 70s. She, this is when all kind of kicked off for him. She became his manager, mm-hmm. so she basically masterminded his whole career. So he won a talent show in 1979 called New Faces. You'd see a lot of clips for it on uh, TV, um, and that's how it happened. He, he went on blankety blank, of course, blank, yeah. and he was one of the like kind of regulars on that. Um, and then he was kind of warm up act on the generation game. So he was like getting basically fucking well in there. Do you know what I mean? So when it began to get really big was just in the 90s. So his that's when he got his own TV show, which began in 1991 and ran until to the year 2000. Sorry, just let me do something there. Um and then he had uh, he had his own show, which ran between 1988 and 1989, which is Barrymore's Saturday Night Out, or Michael Barrymore's Saturday Night Out. Um, so he was really, like, at the top of his fucking game. And he did all, like, so he did, like, the comedy routines, and then he'd do bits with other performers and have guests on. And, you know, like, famous guests would have been, like, classic 90s people like Cliff... <laughs> Cliff Richard and Yuri Geller. Oh, our old mate. Our old mate. Our old mate. So his appearance on the Royal Variety performance in 1993, that was pretty much like cemented him as like, right, he's absolutely hit the big time, nailed that performance. But it wasn't long after that that he went in to rehab for alcohol and drug addiction. Um, and he was there for a few months. And after he came out, he wrote uh, a book about his experiences. Of course, best. And I book. can remember because we always associated him with family fun. Yes, it was really shocking when we it heard was. that he had gone in for rehab for drink and drugs. Like yeah. people were genuinely like, just absolutely, yeah, stunned. It, like it, it really was. It was huge news. But then. The public was still on his side and kind of... Oh, especially know, after the book, because it was yes. all very contrite and, you know, yeah. I have my demons and I fought them and, like, you know, I'm fighting them every day. Yeah. And, like, people really bought into his potential comeback. Like, they weren't yeah. writing him off by any means. No, no. But I think people felt quite sorry for him, actually. They did, because he said that... Basically, his main focus was his career. His wife was his manager. So it was all about his career. And he was like, he said that he didn't really have anything else. And he would have been quite happy to work every single day doing like, you know, fucking 12 hour shows or whatever. But obviously that's not realistic. But he said he would never drank or anything like that before a show or during a show or, you know, he was always 100% clean, sober, ready for work. But it was after work that he he kind of got into trouble not he was doing ta- um remember we talked in the last episode about the gig i did where i was like literally slurring on stage and i completely blame ryan sure, cullen sure, sure. i 100 blame ryan cullen but sometimes <laughs> sometimes it makes you think me confident the worst 
<laughs> Three the house delivery. Yeah, I saw And I never drink before gigs, it was only once half. But that's yeah. when he was saying that he always put work first. Oh, he always put work first and he would have worked like he would have worked every hour of every day if he could have. So as you said, yeah, the book he wrote the book kind of a necessity when something as big as that. Everyone loved the book and he kind of just went back into it. Yeah. Like it wasn't It didn't cost him much in terms of career, did it? No, like he, he pretty much went straight back into it because um yeah, there's no real gaps in his career because well he he went back to work and recorded a new series of my kind of people after but then in 1995 he came out as gay yes and split from his wife in 1996 and you see i think that proved more problematic for him than the whole like drink drugs thing because we're talking mid 90s yes so it was a totally different kettle of fish. Well, what happened was, or what he said that he was like, you know, people kind of asked him questions. Anna, did you always know you were gay and whatever? And he said, wasn't really about that. He said he didn't really think about it. Mm. And he said when he was growing up, it wasn't really an, like option. an option or, you know, it wasn't really a thing. And he said that he um, loved his wife and he said they had a great life. Uh, and he said that they had a great sex life as well. Like mm-hmm. he said that, and I think that was kind of like important for people t- to know that they kind of it wasn't like they were about kind of living their own lives and whatever. Uh, and I also think actually really nice for his wife that he did yes. say that. Yeah, no, he said they were. He said they had a great relationship. They had a great sex yeah. life. Everything was really good. She was managing everything. He didn't see. He didn't have to think about anything. Like, she pick out his clothes. She, mm. you know, you're there at 11. Here's the car to come and get you. She was managing the whole thing. They did a really nice life. But I would say what happened was that after rehab, he probably went through uh, therapy. And, and, like, obviously while he was there as well. So probably started to kind of pick at things that were, you know, that obviously were well, there. Well, also maybe gave him time to step back and say you know, how do I really feel about these things and have a conversation with himself? Yeah. Because oh, he yeah. probably never gave himself the time to do that. Mm. Oh, I know. Yeah, but like even after that now, so like he's had in the 90s some pretty major life events. He made a new series of Strike at Lucky, I think which was now called Strike at Rich and another series of Barrymore um, that were shown in 1997. And he also appeared in Spice World as Mr. Step. So he was, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I know obviously there was a gazillion cameos in Spice World, but he was still doing good. And then there was more uh, kids, say the funniest thing, 1998. It was all good. Uh, and then it was um, the year 2002. So the ni- he was still like working throughout the 90s. That was all good. Um, basically what happened with his private life was, do you remember? The swimming pool. The swimming pool, yeah. yeah. So this was March 31st, 2001. His TV career effectively ended when a butcher was found dead in the swimming pool of at his home in Royden, Essex. So that was Stuart, Stuart Lubbock. Yeah, so what happened was that he went out uh, on a night out and <coughs> it was just kind of... I suppose what we something that we've all kind of uh, experienced of whether we've been the in, inviter or invitee, he invited a whole load of people back to his house, and he was asked in various interviews like why, why did you do that or whatever, and he he took him like a few interviews and he's like, do you know what? He's like, I say it was kind of like a little bit of showing off, like you know. You know, the little lad kind of done good. One, you know, kind of wanted to show off the house and had just kind of gotten the swimming pool and stuff and whatever. So Stuart went back to the house. So it was Michael Barrymore, Stuart, Michael's boyfriend at the time. And there was a couple of women as well and a few other men. So it was, you know, just like, I suppose, like after everywhere closed, like kind of little house party. And it was all going well. And then 
Michael went outside to the pool. So he kind of said to them, oh, yeah, you can go under the jacuzzi or whatever you want. Just make sure you turn on the light. And he went out and Stuart was floating in the, the pool and kind of, you know, knew straight away that something was wrong. Yeah. So he shouted back inside to people because he knew one of the guys had lifeguard experience. So then what happened was Barry Moore went because he can't actually swim. Isn't this and has like, a pool? And has a pool, yeah. So he went back and had gotten the pool like fish. You know, it's not like the house came with the pool. Like, oh yeah, well the house has a pool. So like we're talking pure, uh, like pure just for Austin, purely for ostentation yeah. purposes. Yeah. So he went in and he rang his PA, but as you kind of said, like he never was involved. Like Max Clifford. Is for another day. Oh. Are any of those kind of people? How gross! By the way, did you watch the Jay Goody documentary? I anymore? did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough going, wasn't it? Very, very sad. It was, but you know what? Like the whole thing. And was Max sad. Clifford was so fucking gross. I'm sorry. He was such a strange. Just well, obviously, but you know what I mean. Fucking really strange. Um. So yes, he rang his like his personal assistant and he told him what was happening and he's like right well just like look uh you've done everything you can help mm-hmm. us on it so an ambulance had been called at this stage help us on its way or whatever so barrymore left see this was the problem so this was a big problem and i think this was why look i think realistically people could potentially have forgiven him if it's a case that, you know, as often happy happens at these kind of gatherings, something goes horribly wrong. Mm. But it was the leaving. That's yeah. what people could not forgive him for. Yeah. And so in the papers, it was basically portrayed as it was a gay orgy. Yeah. It was very much portrayed as that. Yeah. And he was like, and he said himself, if he wasn't gay, he doesn't think there would have been as much... Uh, backlash about it like it seems like okay there's never they've never been able to determine what happened but it like do you know it seems like it was just a tragic accident well wasn't there though wasn't there something about because you know even on BBC uh, website there I was reading something earlier on and they did say that there was evidence that uh Stuart Lepak had been the victim of a sexual assault that he had severe internal injuries oh well, and, the, and the police initially had said that they presumed it was drowning but then the coroner said well you would think so but there's actually no you know I can't yeah. say that there's no evidence po- pointing to drowning I can't pinpoint the qu- cause of death but I think that that yeah. did you know that did cast a very but was that is that recently or well, or not recently, but you know what I mean? Because say, like, I watched, there's a few interviews This would have him. been 2017 on BBC, on the BBC website that they said that. Right, okay. Well, you see, I think since now, so his most, his most recent interviews was he was on Pierce Morgan. Yes, yeah. Did you watch that and one? Yeah, well, I saw a bit of it online, but before yeah. that he'd done, he hadn't really done many English interviews. He'd done uh, Your Man Nolan on BBC Northern Ireland and he'd actually done Saturday night show when Brendan O'Carroll used to present it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like 2013. And that was quite an odd interview. I think Jedward had been on that night performing so he was kind of like slagging Jedward and stuff. But it was really weird because he was obviously going between like being the showman performer and then kind of asking being like answering these serious questions about the dead the man who died in your pool or like you know the dead body that was in your pool um so the brendan o'carroll no what's his name brendan, brendan o'connor, brendan o'connor. Yeah, Not yeah yeah o'carroll because that's somebody else <laughs> brendan o'connor that interview was quite strange um and then and actually on the couch as well is pj gallagher and he just seems to be just kind of PJ like... PJ is just, I would say, just h- like... Himself. I would say he is just um, dissolving into that couch. Well, like you see, he's, he's always been known for being a very unpredictable 
interview he was always, always very erratic mad. yeah and yeah very frenetic energy and all that and that was part of his comedy really yeah that but he was you that see you, ne- you never had like a topic like that to cover with him and to question him about so it was it didn't feel as fucking weird like it was very weird energy um, and the one on Nolan was very serious, very serious interview. But he actually came across a lot better in that. Uh, like, it, I think he kind of learned how he was going to have to do these interviews. And then obviously the Piers Morgan one seems to have been a great success. So after it but all But I happened, think it was only a success because, I don't know, like genuine. Well, a bit of time obviously had passed. But also, I don't know... Were th- was this genuinely how he felt about it or was it just the case that something had clicked with him PR-wise? But he came across as contrite on the Piers Morgan interview. Do you think so? Well, I just thought, like, certainly, you know, previous to that, I think the thing that a lot of people couldn't get their heads around was the lack of openness. Because sure, even at the coroner's court, he refused yes. to answer the whole... Like, he refused to say, yeah, there were drugs, there weren't drugs. And it was the fact that I think a lot of people felt that he was just being a bit shady about it all to protect himself like even after the years that had passed he was still trying to protect himself instead of saying do you know what I took coke there was coke yeah I'm sorry it happened and I think that's why people just couldn't forgive because obviously after that after the Pierce Morgan interview he was on Good Morning Britain. Did the rounds. You know, did, well, it did Good Morning Britain because, like, it's Pierce's show or whatever. And he said he'd never gotten such a huge positive reaction. But they brought up Stuart's uh, dad. Yeah. And how he wants to, like, kind of talk to him or whatever. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. So that did seem sincere. But there was a couple of things that I didn't feel were sincere. Like he but a said, bit too little, too late, though. Yeah, and he did just, like, little even comments that were kind of, like prick my ears like he's because people are like oh like you know what's next for you would you like to be back on telly would you you know whatever whatever and he's like look he's like um i don't i've never chased i've never chased my career and you know if things come along great but i'm not out there chasing it i felt going ball shit how can you end up being the most fucking popular highest paid entertainer on english television in the 90s and you didn't go chasing work Fuck off. Yeah. Well, it oh, is I that. I just was so talented. People just kind of kept coming up to me. And I was like, oh, hey. Yeah. So I hate when people kind of say shit like that because it's stupid. If you want to be at that level, you've got to be fucking honest. Chasing well, stuff. I think... Yeah, like I know they're chasing you, but to get that, to get that but off see, the ground. That's, yeah, but even, you know, there you have it. Like, even within that st- statement, there is... There's a certain degree of ego there, even within that statement. It's like, even after all of this, he's still saying, yeah, well, you know, I don't feel I have to go chasing his opportunities. If they come, they come. Like, sorry now, but as you say, piss off. You're fooling no one with that, with that, uh, with that take. But I do think, I don't know, I, I think even within that, was the Pierce Morgan, though, that he mentioned and I just even thought with that, I was like, is there a need to even bring that up? But before he did a runner, did a legger, mm. he actually had the wherewithal to go into his office and take letters from Princess Diana that he didn't want people to see. Oh, yeah. That she had written him when he was like going through his troubles and stuff and all that. And mm. he had the wherewithal to go into the office. So like a man is dead in your pool. Yeah. And you're like, do you know what? I don't want them reading the letters, though. I know. And you go into the office, you get the letters. And then even the fact that he has to mention, oh, by the way, they were from Princess Diana. It's like... Well, oh. I'm sure those letters were probably... And I'm not justifying what he did, but I'm sure those Very letters, personal, I'm sure. No, I was going to say, I'm sure they were his in, his pension plan. Mm. If it all goes tits up, at least I can sell the letters. Yeah, that's probably what it was. So he ha- yeah, because he talks about this friendship that he had with her and stuff. And then he even went on but to make even, the comment. But even, is that not so gross that in that moment you're like, I'm yeah. going to just have to look after my, I'm just going to make sure I have, you know, a bit of collateral here. Well, like he did say, it's just get, gross. Like now that he did say as well on the Piers Morgan interview that like he feels like if it, if Diana had still been around, <sighs> it doesn't feel like that would have been as bad. There you go. I mean, for God's sake, he is just, you know, he's a Paul Burrell. 
Yeah. Do you know what I she mean? Like seriously. To a certain type. And his wife was not happy about that friendship at all. But sure, would you be happy if your husband was hanging out with Princess Diana? No. I wouldn't. You would not. And then, sure, did he move to New Zealand? Is that what yeah. he did? So he yeah. emigrated to New Zealand. And there was a few bits and bobs. Like, oh, he did Celebrity Big Brother, which I feel like was a fucking yeah. total disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, I, mean, I know again, he finished quite well, but I just, I felt like him and Pete Burns were really kind of got together and ganged up on Jody Marsh. Do you remember that? Yes. Like really badly. It yeah, was very, yeah. It was actually quite nasty. Now, I hadn't actually, I did, I followed it kind of, you know, I suppose I followed it to a certain degree in the papers and stuff, but I didn't actually watch the series. But yeah. But again, you see, that doesn't surprise me at all about Barrymore. He does yeah. cr- come across, I think, as quite a narcissistic personality that he would be quite happy to fall into that leadership role. And I, I think ultimately, dare I say, maybe he doesn't care that much about other people. Like, I just look at, like, this guy's dad who's been looking for justice for so long. And it's grand to say, I mean, we're talking, what, nearly two decades after the yeah. fact, oh, I might meet you, have a chat. Like, you could have been a bit more helpful when it came to finding out what happened, that poor yeah. young man. I mean, I know, obviously, we all uh, make mistakes and whatever. At what stage does regret kick in? But it's pretty crazy, like, if somebody died on your property that you'd leave. It's insane that you would leave the house. You see, because as well, I think... I'm sure he was off his head, like, but at the same time, it's no excuse. I think he's kind of glossed up that part of the story as well, because originally when he spoke about it for the first time a few years ago... I think it was actually on Archie. He was like, I rang, my, I rang my PA. It was it was more a blunt, that whole thing. It was basically, I rang my PA. PA was like, get out of there. But again, it's deflection. Happened. It's, but it's putting it on someone else, though. I think it's saying the PA was the one, you know, mm. it's, there's no, where's the personal responsibility there? I know. I rang my PA. My PA told me to get out of there. Like, I don't know. I just think there's a massive so, gap there. That was obviously a massive, massive media shitstorm. And it went on for a long time. I mean, I'd say even even the fact that he did appear on Pierce Morgan and there was such kind of an outpouring of people getting in touch with him and stuff. Like, it definitely is one of those scandals that I think has just run on and on and on. And I think, well, I know. you know, well, you he see, lo- he's only really going to get, like... You see, the, the thing is, though, right? Was he ever arrested with anything? No. But I don't think anyone was suggesting he killed the Yeah. Man. Yeah. Like, no, I'm, I'm just playing, like, devil's advocate. Your man was already, like, you know, dead in the pool. Mm-hmm. His mate came out. There was two of them working on him to try and revive him. Ambulance had been called. It's not good that he left, but it didn't. It was him. His presence being there wasn't going to make any difference at all. No, I mean the man was dead, and no, absolutely nobody, by the way, is suggesting like he had anything to do with killing him or like obviously, you know. Oh yeah, but I'm saying I know totally where you're coming from. But I, I think know that's where the people the thing. Were, were the people commenting and saying, "Oh, it's so great to have you back on our on our TVs. When are you going to be back for good? We've missed you so much." Face your body, you're about to get sick. I understand where those people are coming from as well, but I just think, in that moment, I just think it's so telling that in that moment when you're looking this at a young man moment. who's dead, yeah, and your immediate thought is. I have to get the letters and I have to get the fuck out of there. So in that immediate moment, you're thinking of your career, not the human. I mean, Mm. look, we could all say that, that I passed a dead man in the street and sure, what was the point in stopping because they were already dead? Like, but I just think, like, where's the empathy? I know. Where's the humanity? Saying saying it's bizarre behaviour is kind. uh, And at that stage of the game, 
like he'd been through his own problems. He'd been in rehab, through addiction, come out as being gay, split up with his wife, like his lifelong friend, his manager, the person who was holding his whole life together. You know, you think that maybe he was looking at things from a different perspective. But then at the same time, and this is not an excuse... But was he completely fucked up on drugs? But he probably was completely off his head yeah. on drugs. But I think the reason why you can't excuse him because of that is he maintained this policy of like just sneaky Peterism like for years after the fact. Mm. So like he had so many opportunities, whether in a legal setting like the coroner's court or wherever in the media, wherever he wanted to do, where he could have said, there were drugs. Yeah. I took coke. There was coke there. That's the honest truth. Instead of this, like, oh, well, I, like, he was just so gross within the coroner's court in terms of how he was just totally in this self-protective. I didn't do it. I didn't do it mode. Like, mm. he just was so unhelpful. I find it hard to have much sympathy for him when, like, looking at that young man's family in pain. Like, he could have said, oh, yeah. look... You know, but then at the same this time, this is what actually happened. If you ra- if you like, or anyone got wrapped up in something like this, you your legal team would be saying to you, say fucking nothing. And if you've nothing to tell, well, if you've nothing to tell them, that's going to give any information. You're like you're not withholding information, but they're saying to you, say fucking nothing. If I was getting, uh. If I was getting the advice to say nothing, I'd fucking say nothing. Well, I mean, that is his legal right. But I just think that if you were looking to resurrect your media career, mm. you have to say something. Yeah. But I think he, I think he probably knew at that point. And look, I know it's your legal right to say nothing. And, you know, but not even so much your legal right. But it's probably the advice that you're getting from the experts. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just still feel that he could have been a lot more helpful and he really didn't. I mean, I don't think there was ever, you know, was there, I don't think there, like the fact, you know, that he never met this man's dad who's been campaigning for justice for so long. I mean, he still hasn't found out what happened to his son. There's no evidence to suggest that young yeah. man drowned. There is, ev- there was evidence to suggest. I mean, that's the BBC website anyway. I mean, maybe something's changed since I'm then. I'm starting to wonder if you were a fan of Strike at Lucky at all, Julie. Do I just think I mean? it's hard. It's just hard what? to force yourself from what, all that. Judy? But I know it is. It is. I'm purely just, just playing like devil's advocate. I don't think course, he's ever going to be. Course. I don't think he ever. I think he. I think he may be a guest. I think he may kind of do bits and bobs but I, I he's not going back to where it's he was. never happening it's he not. is officially cancelled for life i mean there's even as you say even with the brendan o'connor it's like what format do you put him in because he can't do light entertainment no. like those days are over it's hard like, it's just not a runner anymore and i know he did write that musical i, I mean i presume it never yes. came to fruition more and more and more yeah about the rise and fall of his career and even something like that i know he's gonna make a book but you're like really i mean mm. that's in such bad taste i know it's kind of i don't know but an absolute and it's always someone that someone else's fault it's like my pa told me to leave my lawyer yeah, told me you not see, to say anything it was tricky anything. because it's of like, the interviews i watched and like he hasn't he, like he really since well, it happened well the Brent O'Connor one was just as you say I mean I'm just thinking back to the feeling I had watching it, mm, it was and I know I was. just squirmed oh, it was horrible. I mean really bad like he, he hasn't done many televi- television interviews since like he has not and I think he's only done the three now what I noticed when I was watching them is that not that the st- I wouldn't say that the st- the story is the story right, but the information or the way he says things is ever so slightly each time. And I was like, Ugh. but then I'm like, okay, well if I was telling a story again, like three years later, you know, it'd be weird if I was saying it the ex- like you'd be kind of it'd be a, ra- a red flag. If they were saying it the exact same way again three yeah. years later, it was like, "What is this? Just a script Very or whatever?" Tough, yeah. Exactly. Um, but and I do think in his defence, 
to you know I mean that's probably a bit of a stretch in his defence but I yeah. do think he was right in saying that there was a certain degree of homophobia around the incident in that I think a lot of people were very quick to dismiss this as a really sordid gay orgy yeah 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 and there was a bit of that absolutely and that is wrong but I think it doesn't take from his actions that night either no yeah and it doesn't make it that man's death any less tragic yeah and there's still so many questions to be answered and we know that he wasn't directly involved in the death but you know at the same time i think with all these things you know it must have been like all families horrific for they want to know they want information they want this yeah it's bad but we have to go i think we're gonna have to go to more 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 we're definitely going to that musical aren't we yeah, well you happening. are. Um, <laughs> I've been Julie Please come September 11th. Yeah, Wheelands Live. It's happening. It's going to be such fun. It's tomorrow night. What else are you doing? Come on, let's do it. It'll be it'll be great old crack. See I've been Julie Che. I've been over doing. God bless. <laughs> this podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.